How's it going, sports fans? This is Jack from the Talking Jack Sports Podcast, and we're back with another episode, and I am pretty excited about this one. Unfortunately, the NFL season is over, the NBA season coming into its playoff push, and the MLB kind of in a uh, sticky situation, so it's kind of a dead spot right now in sports, but that doesn't mean that there isn't content for me to deliver. Right now, in the NFL, the draft process is in full effect, and I have my first mock to share with you all. Um, A hot topic right now in the NFL world is also discussing rankings for the skill positions, quarterback, running back, wide receiver. So I'm going to be sharing with you my top 10 and an honorable mention, so I guess 11, quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. And then I'm going to go over franchise tags, which should be happening today as I record this. One has already happened, so I will go over that. But my hope is that during the recording process for this episode that more official tags come out so I can talk about those. But that remains to be seen. I might pause this recording and then come back to it if tags don't arise so I can talk about this uh, so I'm not late to it. So just a fair warning there. There might be a bit of a break kind of in the pacing of this episode if I decide later on to stop and come back and wait for tags. But nonetheless, let's get into my very first mock draft. I'm very excited about this. I, I love making mock drafts. It's a ton of fun. Um, and I kind of base mine off of not entirely what I would do, not entirely of what I think the teams would or should do, whatever. I, I kind of just freestyle it, um, all of the above type of thing. Some of the picks are I think this is a, a team pick, like specifically something the team would do, and I would not really go in that direction. And some of them uh, are just completely like fun picks that I think the team should make. So let's get into it. Um, first off at number one, Jacksonville. I already have... Um, the draft starting off with a bang here. I never liked this number one spot for Jacksonville. I think this draft um, is definitely a little bit weaker than the ones we've had in past years because there's not as many generational prospects. I think there is one, and I will talk about that later, but teams usually go off of positional value as well. And at the moment, offensive tackle is one of the biggest needs for Jacksonville, especially considering Trevor Lawrence's rookie year was disappointing to say the least, though we cannot fault him at all given Urban Meyer just brought constant toxicity into that locker room. But nonetheless, I never liked this number one spot for Jacksonville, so I have them trading down from the number one pick with none other than the Atlanta Falcons because I was looking for a team that would be willing probably to trade up into this spot Uh, for someone that maybe isn't like a clear-cut number one talent, because unlike in uh, some of the past drafts, there really isn't a number one talent in this draft. I think there technically is, but positional value factoring into it, I don't think so. It's definitely a debate. Um, And if you're a team like Atlanta, I think you have a roster that is on the cusp of a couple pieces and maybe a good quarterback in there from being a competitor. Uh, And for relatively new coach... um, Arthur Smith, forgot his name for a second. Uh, I think trading up into the number one spot to select a potentially generational edge rusher in Aiden Hutchinson would be beneficial. So my number one pick in this draft, following a trade with the Atlanta Falcons, is Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I, d- I do think he's going to succeed. I don't think he's going to be 
maybe as good as some people are expecting him to be. I think he has some bust potential, but I I believe in Aiden Hutchinson, and I think he's the number one pick in this draft. And now, moving to number two, the Detroit Lions. Lots of directions they could go with this one. They could address the offensive line with a couple of really, really nice prospects. Uh, they could address the defense. They could go with safety, uh, Kyle Hamilton. That's a need. They could go edge, Kayvon Thibodeau's right there. Uh, they could even go corner if they wanted to, Derek Stingley, Ahmad Gardner, but uh, I have them going uh, with Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon. I think his stock has dropped a little bit, but I do think he is probably the second best talent in this draft, um, but yeah, I have Detroit going with Kayvon Thibodeau here. He had a decent combine. I think I think uh, it was relatively impressive, so yeah. I'll go with Thibodeau here. I know a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people have him dropping fairly far. I've seen people have him drop to the Falcons at eight, where uh, in the situation where they don't trade, obviously. Um, I just don't see that happening. I think he goes uh, at least in the top five. So number two of the Lions, I think, is the spot that I have him going at. Uh, now we move on to number three, the Houston Texans. I think that there are only two directions that they could go with this pick. Um, taking Kyle Hamilton or Evan Neal or uh, uh, Ike whoever they prefer on the offensive line. But I have them going with Kyle Hamilton because I think he is the generational prospect from this draft. I think he is the best safety prospect we've seen in years. The only one that maybe compares is Jamal Adams. Um, and I think he's going to be an absolute star at the pro level. He was electric at Notre Dame. His skill set is clearly... Uh, safety professional safety level i think he's gonna vault into the top five conversation immediately and a boost to this texans defense that is still clearly in a rebuild nothing drastic needed here i would go best player available and that's kyle hamilton so that's who i have them taking at three now at four the new york jets have a couple options that they could go with um, most would say they address the offensive line, especially seeing that Evan Neal has fallen to them, which not many expect. But I still think uh, the Jets pass on going with offensive line. I wouldn't, but I think the, the Jets will because it's the Jets. Um, and I have them going with Sauce Gardner um, just because it seems like such a New York Jets pick to make. I don't know. I mean, at the end of the year last year, people just weren't throwing to him. So, you know, I think that's just the direction that they'll go. Um, so, yeah, I think they have uh, have them going Sauce Gardner at four over Derek Stingley Jr., which is an interesting debate right now. Um, and before I move on, I should probably mention that I created, the, uh, created this mock before the combine, and I did make a couple of adjustments after. Um, I changed a few picks, and I actually rotated the top eight a little bit uh, I initially didn't have it in this order, and I had a different team trading to number one, but I realized that that trade didn't really make sense, um, so I went with the uh, Atlanta trade instead. If you were really curious, I had the Giants trading up to number one, but I really don't think that the, that would be like a necessary move for them to make. I don't really understand why they would do that. I don't think uh, uh, their new GM would make such a drastic move like that in his first year. I just don't think it uh, actually makes much sense after further review. So I went with the Falcons trading up. Um, but now moving on, uh, I got to <laughs> quicken the pace on this thing. So I'm going to be going a little bit faster from now on. Number five, um, the Giants at five. <laughs> Have I said five enough? We'll take Evan Neal. I think this is a pretty straightforward pick. They need to address the offensive line, especially if they want Daniel Jones to succeed. Evan Neal's the best prospect in this class. They go with Evan Neal at five. 
Um, Carolina at six. This is an interesting one because there's a lot of different directions that they could go with. But I do feel like that they are going to bite the bullet on addressing the QB position despite having Sam Darnold under contract one more year. And Deshaun Watson rumors, Kyler Murray rumors, I don't think any of those two are going to be in Carolina. So I think they go with what is uh, now becoming the best quarterback prospect in this draft, Uh, Malik Willis. I originally didn't have him here. I had a different quarterback, but after the combine, I flipped him around a little bit, and I went with Malik Willis at six. So uh, the Giants again at seven definitely have to go uh, defense with this one, and I think they go with the best pass rusher available at the spot. That's David Ajabo from Michigan. Uh, I think he has the potential to exceed his Michigan teammate, Aiden Hutchinson, in the pros. I definitely think he is a boomer bust prospect, and the Giants really will hope he'll boom. So I'll go with um, David Ajabo here at seven. So now uh, the, uh, the Jaguars finally, after they traded back with Atlanta, I think they still go offensive line, and they are... So, so happy that Ika McQuanu fell to them here at eight. Uh, if he did not, which he probably won't in the real thing, if Aquanu uh, falls this far, another tr- uh, team will probably move up for him. Uh, Charles Cross is another great option, but Aquanu has fallen in my mock to them at eight, and I think that's who they go with. Now, the Broncos at nine is a very interesting position because I actually have um, a quarterback coming to them in free agency, which... Uh, I'll keep that a secret for now, but uh, I want to talk about that specifically in another episode. It might not be this one. Uh, Maybe if I have time for it, I'll sneak it in at the end, but it'll probably be a different episode. But um, I have them taking Kenny Pickett at nine because I think it's about time for the Broncos to address the quarterback position with a young guy. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going there, so it's, it's not Aaron Rodgers who I have them getting. I think he will stay or retire. Uh, but I don't think he will play for uh, a team that isn't the Green Bay Packers in uh, this upcoming year. So I think I have them taking Kenny Pickett, who is the next best quarterback prospect available. Um, The Jets at 10, I think, will go receiver here. They already addressed the corner position at number four, so they need to add some depth to this offense and help out Zach Wilson. And I think the best receiver in this draft is probably Garrett Wilson following the combine. Uh, He had a great showing ran i believe it was a 438 people weren't really seeing that dude as a speed demon but showing that he can run that fast i think that skyrockets his draft stock i already thought that he was probably a top two maybe even already the best before the combine but this really just cements his position here for me i have them going with garrett wilson at 10 um the commanders at 11 uh is is another interesting spot i've seen a lot of stuff going on here i've seen people have them go line go receiver uh defense anywhere really but I think the obvious pick here is quarterback unfortunately for them Malik Willis and Kenny Pickett are both gone but that leaves Matt Corral uh, another great prospect and I think they go with Matt Corral at 11 I think it just fits I don't know uh I actually like Corral a lot more than most people I think he's got uh the metrics for the NFL and showing his performance uh in the bowl game I think it actually helped his stock despite him getting injured. Uh, it showed that he has, I think, a great like work ethic. Mentally, he's he's in it. And I think Washington will go with Matt Corral at 11. Um, a different quarterback probably if uh, Pickett or Willis is there. But in my mock, they aren't. Um, Minnesota at 12 could go a lot of different directions. 
Um, but I don't think Derek Stingley Jr. will fall any farther than this. Uh, many people think he's the best cornerback in this draft, so Minnesota getting him at 12 is great. It's a position of need. He very well, at this point, could be the best player available, so I don't think there's any way they go with anyone else uh, given the rest of uh, this mock. So Minnesota takes Derek uh, Stingley Jr. out of LSU at 12. Um, at 13, Cleveland, I think, definitely goes receiver, but I I actually, I mocked this, like I said before, before the combine, so this is one of those picks that's like, okay, this probably won't happen now, but I had them going with Traylon Burks at 13. Before the combine, many people were saying that he was the best receiver in this draft, and I thought he was probably top two, possibly the best, but I, like I said before, Garrett Wilson, I think I had him ranked a little bit higher, um, but he had a pretty lame combine. Uh, he didn't run very fast. I think he is, his time was in the four sixes, which is uh, not impressive at all. But still, uh, just from the eye test and his time at uh, Arkansas, I think Cleveland probably won't be able to pass on him, especially given the concerns with all the other receivers. Um, so I have them going with Traylon Burks at 13. Uh, Baltimore at 14, I think, has to address the secondary. And the best option available, in my opinion, is Andrew Booth Jr., uh, corner from Clemson. Um, I don't really have much to say about this pick. I think they just go best corner available. If they went best player available, there's a couple other positions they would go with. They maybe could address their offensive line uh, or the pass rush position, but I don't think there's any way that they uh, don't address the secondary here. So I think they go with Andrew Booth Jr. Uh, out of Clemson. And now Philadelphia, we enter just this point of the draft where Philly has like a billion picks, it seems like. Um, at 15 and 16, they pick back-to-back, so I'll cover their picks back-to-back, um, or in kind of in one segment. Um, I think there's a lot of positions of need for Philadelphia because they're a roster teetering on contention, um, and many people have them going receiver, and spoiler alert, I don't have any of their three picks at receiver. First, I think they go with Jermaine Johnson, um, from Florida State, edge rusher. I think they have to, uh, have to address the pass rush position, um, with a couple of guys not performing up to snuff. And that really is just kind of a position where they could add a lot of depth to. And Jermaine Johnson is a top 10 talent for most people. So letting him slide farther than 15 uh, would be a mistake in my opinion. So I think they go Jermaine Johnson. And at 16, I think they go Tyler Linderbaum uh, to replace Lane Johnson uh, at center. I think they have to address the line here if they want Jalen Hurts to continue to develop and succeed. So I have them going with Tyler Linderbaum uh, center from Iowa. Uh, now the chargers are up at 17 and I think this is a perfect spot for Jordan Davis to go. Uh, he had a hell of a combine. It was amazing. Uh, his 40 time for a dude that size, you've probably heard it from every sports personality by now, but it is so, so impressive. And the chargers were, uh, a run stopper away from being in contention last year. Their defense just needs like a couple more dudes, especially in the run game. They just were way too top-heavy on defense last year. Um, so getting Jordan Davis uh, from Georgia, I think, is a perfect pick for the Chargers here. I think uh, before the combine, this is a great, very realistic spot for him to go. But after that combine performance, I think he has potential to go uh, in the 10 to 15 range, especially if someone is willing to trade up for him. So the Chargers might just have to do that if they want him. Uh, I think this is a perfect team fit. This is a perfect uh, need fit. Jordan Davis here at 17 seems perfect to me. Uh, now moving to the New Orleans Saints at 18. Um, unfortunately for them, the top three quarterback prospects are not here. Even if they were, I don't think that's where they go. 
Um, you might think that they want to address the defense, uh, given that they might have to make some unfortunate cap cuts uh, because their cap situation is awful. But I think they go receiver here. And Chris Olave seems like the fit to me. If they're going to bring back Jameis Winston, and I think that they will, uh, they need a guy that can go over the top. Assuming Michael Thomas is healthy, he's not that guy. Jameis Winston wants to sling it, and I think Chris Olave is the dude to do it. He had a nice combine, a little slower than uh, many of us thought, but that's okay. He's still blazing fast. Um, so Olave at 18 seems like the move. There's a couple of dudes uh, at the receiver spot that definitely have the potential to go here as well, but given what the, uh, what the Saints need on offense, I think Olave is the move. Back to Philadelphia at 19, I think they address uh, the corners position. Uh, despite having Darius Slay, uh, Avante Maddox, those guys, uh, I think adding some depth uh, would be a good move for them. So I have them going with Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I think he's the best corner available. Might be a little bit of a reach, but I don't think there's a better move for them. If there is one, I think it's receiver, Jamison Williams, Drake London, uh, Jahan Dotson, those guys, definitely possible, but I just don't think uh, they would go with them at this spot. I don't know. It's just kind of a, a feel move. Drafting a receiver in, in the first round three years in a row doesn't seem like uh, a move that Howie Roseman would make, despite his track record of interesting draft selections. So I have them going with Trent McDuffie at 19. Uh, the Steelers at 20 are thanking their lucky stars that Charles Cross fell to them this far. This is a perfect pick for the Steelers. I think Cross is definitely a top 15, maybe even top 12 talent out of Mississippi State, and their offensive line definitely needs a large touch-up if they want Najee Harris to have continued success, uh, and they don't want him to leave like Le'Veon did. So uh, Charles Cross to the Steelers at 20 is a perfect selection for me. Uh New England at 21 is kind of interesting because I think their roster, especially with free agency coming, is full of holes. They could address the corner position here uh, because reports are saying they're not expected to franchise tag J.C. Jackson, which, uh, side note, is a mistake in my opinion. But uh, regardless, I think the linebacker position is uh, a position of need, especially with Dante H uh, Hightower probably leaving in free agency. Uh, so I think they go with the best one available in my opinion, and that's N'Kobe Dean from Georgia. Uh, I like the scheme fit. I like the culture fit. Uh, I think he's going to be good for the Patriots. Uh, people might think that they could take a receiver here, but Belichick's uh, track record drafting receivers in the first round is very poor. Just looking to kill Harry. He's already a bust. He wants out of there. I don't know why they haven't traded him yet. Probably because there's no market for him. But uh, regardless, I think the Patriots address the linebacker position and they go with N'Kobe Dean here at 21. Um, moving to the Raiders at 22. This is a great spot for Jamison Williams to go. I think before injury that he would have been the first wide receiver selected in this draft, but this injury uh, is going to do similar things to him that um, Caleb Farley's did last year. That's who I'll compare him to. Obviously not like play on the field wise because he's a corner, but anyway, um, Jamison Williams is a great talent. You could see it all over the field last year and the Raiders definitely need a wide receiver. Uh, and I think he's the guy to go for. So I have them going with Jamison Williams at 22. Um, definitely great value here if he can rebound from that injury. Um, the Cardinals at 23 have a lot of options. And I think because they are not expected to tag uh, Chandler Jones, that they go with the best edge available. 
And there's two guys right now that are in contention for this. That's George Karlaftis and Trayvon Walker. And I think they go with the former. It's George Karlaftis out of Purdue for me. Uh, he has the potential to go top 15, top 12, uh, because a lot of teams are in need of an edge rusher, a presence in that regard. But I think he falls to the Cardinals at 23. Um, so that's who I think they go with. George Karlaftis out of Purdue. And now the Carbo uh, Carboys, <laughs> the Cowboys go with... Um, the other edge rusher I mentioned, Trayvon Walker out of Georgia. Uh, they need to replace Randy Gregory, who I don't believe they'll be able to re-sign in free agency. Uh, they had a great year defensively last year, and if they want to replicate that success, they're going to need to replace uh, Randy Gregory. And Trayvon Walker, I think, is the guy to do that. So uh, I think that's who they go with at 24. Now, the Buffalo Bills at 25 is a very, very interesting selection because I originally had them reach for a cornerback in uh, Roger McCreary here, but I changed it, like, right before I recorded this episode because of one running back's combine performance, and that's Brees Hall. I think he had an incredible day boosting his draft stock to the point where I think somebody takes him in the first round. And if the Bills do not trade for Saquon Barkley, and I don't think that they will, I don't think that they'll be able to give up enough because the Giants are probably going to ask for too much because that's just who they are. Um, and he'll end up going to another team like the Ravens. But uh, regardless of the fit uh, for Saquon in Buffalo and how perfect that seems, I don't think it happens. And I think they're going to go with Brees Hall from Iowa State. Uh, they need like literally one good running back uh, and they're just contenders. Like, well, not that they aren't already, but they're probably the best team in the league if they get like one good running back. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't know if they even want Saquon because he seems pretty washed. Could be the Giants O-line um, and the Bills O-line is certainly an upgrade. Not that it's like elite or anything, but an upgrade for sure. I just, I don't know. I, I, if I'm the Bills in this spot at 25, I think Brees Hall is definitely a reach, but only because he's a running back and that positional value and stuff. Running backs aren't really first round talents anymore because of how replaceable they are. But for the Bills, I think they have to bite on Brees Hall here. Um, so that's who I think they go with. That's probably my most controversial pick in the later first round. Uh, now moving on to the Titans, I think they go with Devin Lloyd, a uh, uh, linebacker from Utah. They definitely need to plug that hole at that position, and I think Devin Lloyd is the best uh, linebacker available, so that's why I have them going uh, with him at 26. Um, now, the Buccaneers at 27, this is where I have another interesting move here. Um, there is an offensive tackle that has slid very far in this draft, and the Buccaneers definitely need to replace him. However... I think Cincinnati is going to make a move and trade up to 27 to draft Trevor Penning um, out of Northern Iowa. I think he is probably a top 15 or top 20, maybe that's more realistic, talent. Uh, and him sliding here to 27, I don't think Cincinnati can let that uh, happen. Now, if Cincinnati does not trade up, then I think Tampa will take him here. However... Um, especially given the the retirement of Ali Marpet, right? Is that who it was? Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up really fast. Hang on. Yeah, okay, it was Ali Marpet. I was just making sure. <laughs> um, 
So this could be a really nice selection for the Buccaneers here, but I think Cincinnati trades up and makes this happen because no matter where Cincinnati drafts, their first pick is going to be um, on the offensive line 100%. So I think they'll trade up to 27 and take Trevor Penning. Um, the Packers here definitely have a lot of routes that they could take, but I think that they need to address the edge rusher position, especially given that they will likely cut Zadarius Smith this offseason. Uh, so I think they'll take Cam Thomas out of San Diego State. Probably a little bit of a reach, but um, the Packers are known for having some wonky drafts. Um, so I, I don't know. And I like Cam Thomas from San Diego State. He's not really talked about too much, but um, I think that's who they go with here at 28. So Cam Thomas to the Packers. Um at 29, the Dolphins pick here because this is um, – whose pick are they Are they uh, taking here? Um, I'm trying to remember who traded them this pick. Uh, okay, anyway, who cares? <laughs> I think they'll go offensive line. And Kenyon Green from Texas A&M, probably this is a, this is a good spot for him. His combine performance definitely uh, had his draft stock dip a little bit, but I think this is a good spot for him here. Uh, they can slide him out to uh, tackle if they need to. That might be the move for the Dolphins, but Kenyon Green's too good of a prospect to uh, slide out of the first round. So I have him going to the Dolphins here in the late first. Um, Kansas City at 30 is just licking their lips right now over <laughs> over Drake London because he is the perfect scheme fit right now for the Chiefs. He's a big dude from, from USC uh, who can fill in the middle with Travis Kelsey. They just need a receiver to complement uh, Tyreek Hill, uh, who's a short, fast dude that can go over the top. Um, so having a guy like Drake London who can fill space in the middle with, with, uh, with Travis Kelsey I think is a perfect, perfect move for the Chiefs. Uh, Drake London here at 30 seems uh, almost too good to be true for Kansas City. So I don't think it'll happen in the real thing. But the way that this mock worked out, Drake London at 30, uh, that's the pick. Um, now, this would be the Bengals pick. But like I said before, uh, they traded up to 27. And Tampa takes over this 31st pick. And I think that they go uh, offensive line as well. And I think they go with Zion Johnson uh, from Boston College. Uh, just the best fit, especially given that the inside of their O-line is likely going to take a, uh, even more of a hit if they cannot re-sign Ryan Jensen. Uh, so they definitely have to focus on the O-line if they want to uh, retain any sort of semblance of that Super Bowl team. So Zion Johnson out of Boston College, I think, is the move. Um, and now we have come to the end of the mock draft, the last pick, and I'm going to make it a fun one. This is the Lions at 32, and many people have them taking a quarterback here. Um, I've seen basically every position because this is the part of the draft where it gets a little bit more abstract. No like clear-cut guy. But that being said, I have... Um, and this, this is the situation where Deshaun Watson does not end up in Pittsburgh. Uh, I think that's the best fit for him. I think it'll probably happen. But this is a fun pick for me, so I'm going to make it happen. I think that the Steelers trade up to number 32 and take Desmond Ritter from Cincinnati. I've seen a couple people say that he is their QB1, which I think blows my mind. I don't think he's a QB1, but he definitely is solid all around. He looks professional. Um, he has a couple miscues here and there. But overall, I think he's a great prospect and is likely the most pro-ready in this draft class. 
Um, and I think that's what the Steelers need. They need a guy that can come in immediately and win with this roster because this roster, aside from the quarterback spot and maybe the O-line, they can improve it with the selection of Charles Cross, like I mentioned earlier. But this team is ready to win. And I think Desmond Ritter has the potential to help them do that if they are unable to get Deshaun Watson. So Desmond Ritter uh, to the Steelers at 32 is the pick for me here. And with that, that is the end of my mock draft. I am not going into the second round. <laughs> um, just so to recap um, my mock, going pick by pick, I have the Atlanta Falcons trading up to number one to select Aiden Hutchinson. The Lions select Kayvon Thibodeau. The Texans take Kyle Hamilton. The Jets get Sauce Gardner. The Giants get Evan Neal. The Panthers get Malik Willis. The Giants again get... David Ajabo, the uh, the Jaguars trading down to eight get Ikemukwanu, the Broncos get Kenny Pickett, the Jets get Garrett Wilson, the Commanders get Matt Corral, the Vikings get Derek Stingley Jr., the Browns take Traylon Burks, the Ravens take Andrew Booth Jr., the Eagles take Jermaine Johnson and Tyler Linderbaum back to back, the Chargers take Jordan Davis, the Saints get Chris Olave, the Eagles take Trent McDuffie, the Steelers take Charles Cross, the Patriots get Nicobe Dean, the Raiders get Jamison Williams. The Cardinals take George Karlaftis. The Cowboys take Trayvon Walker. The Bills take Brees Hall. The Titans take Devin Lloyd. The Cincinnati Bengals trade up to number 27 and take Trevor Penning. Uh, the Packers take Cameron Thomas. The Dolphins take Kenyon Green. The Chiefs get Drake London. The Bucks trade down to number 31 with the Bengals to take Zion Johnson. And the Steelers trade up to number 32 at the end of the first round and take Desmond Ritter. So that is my first mock draft. Definitely subject to change, especially uh, if I look into the combine results a little bit further and find guys that I like. Uh, dudes like Jamin Davis last year who fly up draft boards uh, and all that. But certainly subject to change, especially with the number one pick. It could very easily um, just be the Jaguars taking Evan Neal. But yeah, I'm super hyped uh, to share my first mock with you all. Uh, so now getting out of that, uh, and this is probably how I will uh, close it out, a, more, uh, a shorter episode this week, just because there's not as much content. Um, I want to go over my top tens for the skill position players. So this is certainly a topic of discussion, especially lately. Um... Sorry, I was kind of talk, uh, talking away from the mic there for a second. Sorry about that. Um, this is definitely a discussion uh, that has been happening a lot more lately. So I, of course, wanted to put my take out there. So I have quarterbacks, wide receivers, and running backs. I haven't done tight ends because that's kind of difficult for me to do. A lot of it's uh, really subjective. And when you get into, like, number seven, it's like, oh, God, how could you have Hunter Henry at seven or whatever? And it's like, dude, who cares, right? They're all so similar. The real debate is like top five tight ends, so maybe I'll do that on the fly later. But uh, regardless, here are my top ten quarterbacks in the league. Now, I had a lot of guys in consideration for this, uh, and I will tell you how I did the process first of all. I went through every team and wrote down the name of every player that I thought potentially could be in the top ten, and from there I eliminated some, went through from one to ten, did more eliminations, and that's how I got my ten. So definitely I didn't forget anybody. I promise. I just um, wrote down the ones that I thought could be in contention and then went from there. Uh, so the dudes that I had written down at quarterback, 
uh, with Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson. I am including him. I am including Deshaun Watson, despite him not playing. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Derek Carr, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, and Kirk Cousins. Um, so, from 11 to 1, I'm giving an honorable mention for each one. Uh, I have my honorable mention, or number 11, for quarterbacks, is Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think he's just outside the top 10. I don't think I can have him in the top 10 still. I'm not underrating him. He was average at basically everything this year when he was healthy. Uh, and now we have to worry about injury concerns for him. So I cannot put him in the top 10, but he is just outside because of the way he plays the game and the way he makes defenses have to uh, scheme basically for him. So I can't ignore that, but I cannot put him in the top 10. At number 10 is Derek Carr. He's consistently one of the best passers in the league. He's very clutch. Uh, he would have more touchdowns uh, if the Raiders tended to throw the ball more in the red zone, but they're usually a run-first team uh, when it comes to the red zone. So I have Derek Carr at 10. He's got the passing yards. He's got the professionalism. I like Derek Carr a lot more than other people. Um, so there we are. Spoiler alert, by the way. Get mad because Dak Prescott's not in the top 11. I think he's 12. I think he's right outside. I'm not really going to go over him. Uh, I just don't think he's a top 10 quarterback for me. I think he's pretty average at most things. Not average. Pretty above average at most things, but I don't think he's special at anything. Uh, number nine, I've got Kyler Murray. I think he's definitely special at something, and that is his mobility. I think definitely he can become a top five quarterback, uh, but until he has some playoff success, I think he's at number nine for me for now. Um, Joe Burrow is at number eight for me. His professionalism uh, and his accuracy and how well he throws the deep ball uh, put him at number eight for me. Uh, but there's a couple things that he definitely needs to work on. He's not better than Justin Herbert, for those of you that are part of that debate still. Um, Justin Herbert is further up on this list. Spoiler alert, I guess. But uh, yeah, Joe Burrow is at A for me. At 7, I have Russell Wilson. Just because of the season that he had, I uh, don't think that he isn't elite anymore. I think he absolutely is. There's so much that he does well, and most of you know it. Uh, so I have him at 7. Uh, I've got to respect... Matthew Stafford and put him at six. He was the best fourth quarter quarterback in the league last year. Um, so I can't put him any lower than six. Definitely impressed me. I didn't think that he would be able to get this far in his first season with the Rams, but really uh, it was just the hellhole of Detroit uh, holding him back his entire career. So good for Stafford. Glad he got the ring. I talked about that actually on my TikTok. Uh, so if any of you are interested in that, I'm talking Jack Sports on TikTok. I have a singular video, but flood that with likes, I guess. I don't know why I threw that in the middle. I'll go over it at the end too. But anyway, uh, Stafford at six. At number five is where I have Deshaun Watson. He is absolutely a top five quarterback in the league still. He led the league in passing yards the last year that he played. So it's not last year, but the year before. And that was with like no good receivers. So, I mean, I don't know. I Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. He's top five, absolutely. And I'm not debating anyone over that. Um, so that's where I have him. Uh, Justin Herbert at four. Definitely he and Deshaun Watson are actually interchangeable in my opinion, but I did give Herbert the slight edge just because he played last year. Like I did factor in the fact that Deshaun Watson has a year off. So I put uh, Herbert ahead of him. Uh, he's got all the um, intangibles for an NFL quarterback. He's a star. He's clutch. I don't know if any of you watched 
that elimination game between him and the Raiders last year, he converted, I think, on every fourth down of that game. It was unbelievable to watch. Like, I watched that game and said, there are maybe, like, two or three individuals in the world that can do what he just did. So, that's why I have him at four. At number three, I have Aaron Rodgers. He just won back-to-back MVPs, but he's got no playoff success, so I can't put him any higher than three. Uh, Some people think he is the best or he's the runner-up, but I've got him at three. Uh, Josh Allen at two and Patrick Mahomes at one. This probably isn't a surprise for most of you, Uh, despite Mahomes coming up short in the playoffs. Uh, I still I still have him at one. If he has another year, like uh, last year, playoffs wise, I might drop him down a little bit. But Josh Allen is really the one uh, the one B for me right now. They're they're almost interchangeable. Uh, Josh Allen is a bona fide star. I think he absolutely is number two um, in the NFL. I don't think I can drop him any further. Maybe on a really 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 good day, I'd have him at number one. But I just can't do that to him. I think Mahomes is still better, given that he did win. Um, not that I can fault Josh Allen uh, for giving up a touchdown with 13 seconds left in the game, right? It's not like he was out there at, playing linebacker. But uh, anyways, yeah, that's my top 10. Um, from 10 to 1, that's Carr, Kyler, Burrow, Wilson, Stafford, Watson, Herbert, Rogers, Allen, and Mahomes. Uh, moving into wide receivers, um, there's a ton of guys that I had on here. I wrote down lots of dudes' names. Um, let's see. I crossed them out, so I don't know if I can uh, read all these, but let's see. Uh, the names that I wrote down, Jalen Waddell, uh, Stephon Diggs, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Deontay Johnson, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, C.D. Lamb, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, D.J. Moore, Calvin Ridley, Michael Thomas. I am cu- uh, counting him despite the fact that he did not play. I'm still going to count him. Um, Cooper Cup, Odell Beckham, DeAndre Hopkins, D.K. Metcalf, Debo Samuel. Um, what does that say? Oh, Devontae Adams. <laughs> Um, and Justin Jefferson. I can't read my own handwriting, probably because I crossed it out. But uh, anyways, um, honorable mention, so number 11. I so, so, so badly wanted to have Terry McLaurin on this list, um, in the top 10, rather, and I just couldn't do it until he's got a little bit more success with a good quarterback. Uh, I can't put him in the top 10, but he is so, so, so close. Um, his catching ability is almost unrivaled. I think it's probably top three in the league along with uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Um, but yeah, I have McLaurin at 11. And number 10, I've got Mike Evans. He's so consistent. Uh, his impact on any offense uh, is clear. Uh, I'm putting him ahead of Chris Godwin, but that's pretty interchangeable for me. I think Godwin's probably 12 on this list. But anyways, um, at nine, I've got AJ Brown. He's a big dude. He was injured a little bit last year, so uh, maybe a bit more disappointing of a year than some people were uh, hoping that he would have. But I've got him at nine. Uh, At eight, I've got Stefan Diggs. I probably got him a little lower than a lot of people, but last year he just didn't really impress me too much. Still very, very consistently good, and he impacts the offense positively basically anywhere he goes. Um, And his ability to take... Uh, the best defender with him on any play and leave a lot of his teammates open. Uh, Just look at the AFC Championship. I'm sorry, the divisional game last year uh, where Gabriel Davis had four touchdowns, right? I'm attributing some of that success to Stefan Diggs because he was drawing so much attention from the defense. But uh, regardless, I have him at eight. At seven, I have Jamar Chase. I think he and Diggs are very interchangeable at eight and seven, but uh, I can't ignore the run that Chase had that this uh, this year. I wouldn't put him any higher than seven because he still needs to work on his drops. He had the most in the league last year, but 
really, I would just attribute to that uh, that to how much volume he was getting. So I have Jamar Chase at seven. Debo Samuels at six. His ability uh, to get yards after the catch is unrivaled. Uh, I always believed in Debo. I'm gonna be. Uh, I'm gonna you know kind of give myself a pat on the back for this one because I always always had his back uh, throughout his previous years in the league. I knew that he was going to be a problem, and I'm so glad that this year he got a chance to showcase that. So Debo Samuel at six, I think, is a great spot. Uh, I can't drop DeAndre Hopkins any lower than five. Just because he had a, uh, an injury-filled year doesn't mean that he is a bad receiver all of a sudden. I'm seeing some people not even have him in like the top eight, top ten even. I think that's blasphemous. Uh, Hopkins at five for sure. Um, at number four, this might be controversial, but I have Cooper Cup. I've I've had some people say that he's not top ten still, and it's like, okay, what are you doing? But he's also not the best receiver in the league still. Um, if you put him at three or even two, like I'm not mad at that. But I have him at four just because I think the other two guys have just better raw skill than Cup. Uh, Cup playing in the slot helps him with his volume and things like that, but I'm not going to fault him for it, right? Uh, I'm just going to boost a couple of guys up that don't play in the slot, right? So Justin Jefferson at three. Um, I think he has the potential to be the best receiver in the league. What he's done in his first two years in the league are almost unprecedented. So Justin Jefferson at three. Tyreek Hill at two. Um, a lot of people have dropped him down, but the way that he impacts the game for me, he's got to be at two. He brings an entirely new element for a defense. His his speed is absolutely game-breaking. Like, look at that divisional game uh, against the Bills, the way he broke away from that uh, that defense. You all know which play I'm talking about in uh, the final uh, five-ish minutes, I believe. But number one is Devontae Adams. He's still number one. I think there's no way that the Packers let him go this offseason. Uh, this isn't really a hot take unless you're really, really a big fan of Cooper Cup. Um, so that's my top 10 slash 11 receivers getting into running backs. I'm not going to list all the dudes, uh, that I named because there was just so many of them. So I'm just going to get into the list at number 11. I'm giving it to Saquon. Uh, people might be mad at that for different reasons, but I can't put Saquon at top 10, uh, after the year that he had last year, largely unaffected by injuries, uh, not unaffected. He was affected, but largely did not miss games because of injury, uh, especially in comparison to, previous years but uh i'll still give him a shout out at 11 i think he has the potential uh if he gets with maybe a team like the bills like i mentioned earlier in the mock draft uh he has a potential to vault back into this top 10 even top 5 discussion but as of now i'm putting saquon at number 11 at number 10 i've got leonard fournette the way he impacted that buccaneers offense i can't ignore it he had a great year last year maybe it's just because he was on my fantasy team uh i traded for him by the way really nice trade um but i'm putting him at 10 Whatever team gets him in free agency is not going to regret it. I think the Dolphins have a really nice shot of getting him. That'd be a really good get for Miami. But regardless, Leonard Fournette at 10. I have Najee Harris at 9. The way that he performed last year with basically no offensive line was admirable. Uh, I really like Najee going forward, but uh, I can't put him any higher than 9. But definitely 9 after one year in the league uh, is like super, super good for him. Uh, so Najee at 9. At eight, I have Joe Mixon. I'm glad that he got over his uh, his injury concerns because I, I always had faith that he was like a top 10 guy, top 10 talent for sure. Um, but finally putting uh, those beliefs onto into his stats uh, made me happy because I liked uh, Joe Mixon all those times. So 
Um, I think eight is a nice spot for him. I think he's very talented, and it showed last year in a Super Bowl run. Um, at number seven is Austin Eckler. He's one of the best dual threat guys in the league. Um, he had better stats than Mixon. Even though Mixon made the Pro Bowl last year instead of Eckler, uh, he had better efficiency in basically every stat. Uh, he does much more with, uh, with the ball every time he gets it, so I'm going to put him at seven. Um, at six is Dalvin Cook. He had kind of an interesting and almost underwhelming year last year, but I can't put him any lower. Uh, the way he bullies defense is definitely top six material. Alvin Kamara at nine. Um, he's got like a assault allegation going on right now. So like good for him. Not, but, uh, I'll put him at five. He is probably other than the guy I'm about to talk about the best, uh, dual threat guy in the league. He definitely, uh, takes the attention of the defense a lot more than a lot of other guys. So I have Kamara at five. Christian McCaffrey is still a top four running back in football just because of his injuries. He, like, when he was healthy this year, the offense ran through him, and he was fantastic still. I, if injuries are really going to affect him again next year, I can't, I have to drop him. But unlike Saquon, the injuries did not seem to affect his actual play when he was healthy and on the field. So I'm going to keep him at four. Um, for a while, I thought he was the best running back in the league, but I did drop him down to four because of those injuries. Uh, you know what they say, the best ability is availability. So McCaffrey at four, I think is a good spot for him. Nick Chubb at three. Some people are saying he's two or even one. I've seen some people say he's the best running back in football and like, okay, hold up. But, uh, he definitely is one of the most explosive running backs in the league. And it's really, really cool to see him play. Uh, Nick Chubb at three. Jonathan Taylor at two. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I think he's the second best running back in football. Uh, if you switched him and Nick Chubb, I wouldn't be mad. Uh, but he's not the best running back in football. A lot of people are saying that he's the best running back right now. It's like, dude, it's the king, all right? King Henry is the best running back in football still. Uh, I don't care what anyone says. The way that he breaks the game and the offense is solely on him, he's the best in the, in the, in the game, okay? It's Derrick Henry. So... There we go. Um, those were my top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Um, and here's the part of the video, or <laughs> the video, of the podcast where I wanted to talk about tags. Oh, shoot. Breaking. Breaking news as I record this. The Patriots just cut Kyle Van Noy to, cure, uh, to clear 5 mil in cap space. So, like, good for them, I guess. I think he's a good fit, uh for a lot of teams, but especially cutting a linebacker, uh, that makes my pick for them, N'Kobe Dean, even better. Uh, so that strengthens my mock a little bit, but uh, sucks for Kyle Van Noy. That dude's been cut like twice uh, in the past like couple of years, right? He got cut by the Dolphins after that massive deal, so tough for him. But here's the part of the, of the uh, podcast where I wanted to talk about tags and because of that i'm gonna cut this recording and come back later um and hopefully by then they will there will be dudes that have been tagged uh there's been one and that was david njoku uh as a placeholder for a new deal and i think he'll get it i don't think they should give him anything ludicrous but he was definitely a, a difference maker on that offense. So if they can get a deal done with Najoku and he doesn't play it out on the tag, that's really, really good for them. So I'm going to cut 
uh, this short. And I'm going to come back later, and hopefully there's not going to uh, – hopefully there's going to be more stuff to talk about tag-wise. But, yeah, that's that's why it's going to be like a weird transition here in a second. So I'll be back. All right. So it's been a couple hours, and I am back. And a couple things have indeed happened, not all of which I expected. So there were uh, two tags that happened since I was gone, which I expected about that amount. Uh, Jesse Bates got tagged by the Bengals, and yeah, I expected the move. Um, most of these tags are going to be like expected stuff, um, but this one especially, I didn't think the Bengals were going to let him hit the open market, despite uh, the somewhat down year for them. Um, he was probably the best player on that roster during their playoff run. He had uh, a really, really nice run there in uh, the postseason, and I think he's a top five safety in the league. So, uh, I'm happy that they get him back. Um, and then the Chiefs tagged or- uh, Orlando Brown, which was expected. Um, and, yeah, good move by the Chiefs. They traded a first-round pick for him a year ago, so if they let him go in free agency, that would have been a huge loss for them. So, uh, I definitely support the move. Uh, it's going to be a decent amount to pay him, so I hope they can work out a deal so he does not have to play the year on the tag. But if I had to predict it, uh, he probably will end up playing the year on the tag. Enough about franchise tags, though. Let's talk about Calvin Ridley. Oh, my gosh. This happened a couple hours ago, uh, and it blew everyone away. So uh, here's the story. Earlier this year, Calvin Ridley, I believe after four or five games, he I think he missed one with injury, actually, and then came back for a game and then officially dropped this statement uh, that he was stepping away from the game to focus on his mental health, which a lot of people at the time uh, were upset. Uh, Falcons fans, especially uh, those who had him on, a, on their fantasy teams, but most of the NFL community uh, supported his choice and focusing on his mental health. Uh, but then it came out that he is now being suspended for the entirety of the uh, upcoming NFL season because he was betting on NFL games, um, which, yeah, that's like big not allowed. Here's the deal, though. The dude wasn't even playing, so I kind of think it's lame that they don't let dudes who literally do not influence their team at all. They're, he's not playing, right? If if this was, like, uh, earlier in the year where he was playing, right, and he's betting on games, it's like, yeah, that's illegal. Don't do that, right? But, you know, rules are rules, um, and I don't really want to, like, debate that part of it. It's like, dude, just go bet on, on basketball or something, right? It's like, what What are you doing? Bet on literally any other sport, right? But then here's the kicker. My man Calvin drops a tweet. I believe it said, I only bet $1,500. I don't have a gambling problem. How do you even, like, mentally think about that tweet enough to write it and then and then tweet it and not not tweet it it's like oh calvin oh my god i supported this dude uh and i just i hope he gets the help that he needs because like clearly he's not in a good place mentally um this kind of sucks for the teams that were in the market to trade for him like the patriots or the bears or the eagles um but most of all, it sucks for the NFL community because we don't get to watch Calvin Ridley and another player is spiraling 
uh, mental health wise. This dude had such a promising career. And speaking of spiraling, his career is spiraling down the drain. So again, I really hope he gets the help that he needs. But this this really sucks for him. I didn't think I'd be talking about this today. Like it happened, but in the break that I took. Like that's crazy. Ah uh, man. Um, I'm debating on on waiting again for more tags, but I have to finish recording this. So instead, I'm just gonna quickly go through the teams and if there's anybody that they should tag. Um, the Patriots. Let's see. Uh, J.C. Jackson would be the guy. Looks like they're not expected to tag him. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, the Browns could possibly tag Jadavion Clowney, but it'd be a lot of money to pay, and I don't think they would do that. Um, oh, what am I saying? They already tagged Najoku. <laughs> okay, disregard me. Um, yeah, I think Tampa could potentially tag Chris Godwin or Carlton Davis or Ryan Jensen, any of those three guys. I don't think they will use their tag, however. Uh, so just something to think about. Seattle could potentially tag Quandre Diggs. Um, the Rams could potentially use their tag on Odell Beckham, but it looks like they have a mutual interest, or, or Von Miller, um, but it looks like they have a mutual interest in retaining both of them. Um, so we probably won't see them break out the tag for it. Uh, the Cardinals look uh, look like they won't tag Chandler Jones. Um, only a couple other guys that I can really think of. Obviously, the Packers are probably going to tag Devontae Adams. But if they let him hit uh, the open market, this probably will be looked at as one of the biggest mistakes uh, in the history of, of the game. Mark my words. Uh, Washington cannot tag Brandon Sheriff again because... Um, He's already been tagged two years in a row, so now he finally gets to hit the open market. Um, I believe his name is James Daniels uh, on the offensive line for uh, Chicago. They should look to possibly tag him, um, but it probably won't happen because he's a lower-end guy, but he definitely should be retained if I were him. Um, let's see. I, I can't really think of anybody. Oh, for Dallas, I would maybe consider tagging uh, a couple of guys, Randy Gregory and Dalton Schultz being uh, chief among them, but I doubt we'll see them break out the tag for anyone other than Randy Gregory. Uh, certainly going to be a price tag to pay, which is why they will uh, heavily consider letting him walk and taking a guy uh, in the draft like I have them doing. Um and from there, I don't think there are any... Oh, uh, Harold, uh, Harold Landry in, in Tennessee. He'll probably get tagged. Um, and then other than that, I can't think of any off the top of my head. So if any of those dudes get tagged, I call it. If any, uh, I called it. it. If any of them that I predicted don't get tagged, I called it. But uh, yeah, and that's going to be it for this one. This episode of Talking Jack Sports. I think earlier in the episode, I think it, uh, I said... It was going to be a short one, so uh, good work me, I guess. Really, really nice, really short episode. Um, but I was just super excited to share with you guys my mock draft, talk about tags, talk about uh, my position rankings. Uh, the NBA is getting into uh, its playoff push, so my next episode will likely focus on basketball, uh, but don't quote me on that. Uh, it could just be another mock draft, but uh, we'll see. And... Thank each and every one of you so, so, so much for tuning in, for listening. Um, 
please again share this episode my channel whatever they call it on different platforms i think it's channel um with everyone that you know everyone that's interested in sports all that jazz follow the tiktok it's talking jack sports on tiktok i have one video maybe i'll post more i don't know uh i just thought tiktok would be an interesting endeavor to to, uh try and explore but other than that uh thanks again and uh i'll catch you guys in the next one take care